0: Fans. are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go! Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And we have a good program for you today. We're going to talk about the Ducks, how they clinched. The uh, Pacific Division, again, for the fifth time. Um, and they're squaring off with the Calgary Flames in the first round of the playoffs. So we're going to be covering all that. we got some fan questions. We'll talk a little bit of uh, injury news and playoffs and whatnot. Um, but the Ducks did have a couple games that they finished at the end of the regular season, Eddie, when the uh, Pacific Division was still up for grabs. The Ducks played Chicago, and they played the Kings after uh, beating down on uh, the Flames twice. Um, at the last time we recorded the show... Uh, we knew that Fowler had gone out in that game. We didn't know the extent of his injury. And, you know, we found out that he's going to be out, and they were saying anywhere from two to six weeks. So, um, obviously, everybody uh, knows that uh, Gerardano is our favorite player on the Flames, and we're going to see him in the playoffs. So, we'll, I'm sure we'll be booing him uh, at, <laughs> at each of the home games. But um, the Ducks went into the Chicago game, Eddie, with obviously without Fowler, um, uh, Lindholm as well. So, um they ended up prevailing in this one for nothing. Chicago did rest a lot of their players, you know, they'd locked up the number 1 seed in the entire Western Conference, but despite that, you know, the Ducks without their, you know, arguably two top defensemen, they still won this game, uh, you know, for nothing.
1: Yeah, and it's something we thought they would do in resting their players. We weren't really sure though cuz they were uh they're on the road, but yeah, obviously Taves didn't play, Keith Seabrook, Yamamoto, Hosa. so pretty much their whole team except for Kane and Panarin, didn't play in this one. But it's still a good effort. I mean, there's still a deep team, a good team. To, uh, the Blackhawks are, and to come out and win for nothing, play a solid game, and uh, and then obviously to have uh, Gibson have a, a a very solid game in this one, and then have the 37 save shutout is good for him going into the playoffs. I mean, this is his last game, obviously, before the playoffs, because Bernier played the, the last one against the Kings, so he's going in uh, on a shutout streak, which is great for him, and uh, I'm. I mean that's assuming he's going to start today, which I think we all would agree that's probably going to be the case. But yeah, it's a good effort to to come in without Fowler, uh, to to be pretty short on on the back end, and, and to come out with a big win like this is key for their confidence. And obviously at the time it was it was big for for the uh, Pacific Division.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you know, also in this game too, you had Megna come in and play his first uh, NHL game. Uh, Holzer was out; he had to go uh to germany to take uh some personal issues don't necessarily know what they are but you know he he was out he's back now but so you had you know the ducks defense i mean you had a whole bunch of rookies pretty much in there uh theodore montor magna i mean the only other ones you had into the, the regulars were bx and manson and Botnen. so half of the defensive core was out in this game i know some of the chicago fans uh you know they didn't have all the offensive players in there so they they uh, kind of weren't giving the Ducks a lot of credit. Uh, some of the ones I talked to at uh, at the game, but you know, I reminded them that half the Ducks' defensive core was out, so it's uh, still a good win by the Ducks. You had you know Raquel with his third third goal, uh, Corey Perry getting in the action, of course Chris Wagner too. So overall, a great game, Eddie. Um, especially you know the Ducks needing to win these last couple games to uh, go into the um, playoffs in the number one seed in the Pacific.
1: Yeah, and like you said, you saw goals from all over the lineup, too. You, you had goals from pretty much every line. You had Perry getting one, Wagner from the fourth line, Kessler from his line, and then obviously Raquel from the top line with Getzlaff and Eve. So you had the offense getting spread out. Something we've we've seen in the games leading up to the playoffs here is the Ducks have been able to spread out their offense, been able to get goals from all over the place, which is obviously going to be key. We talked about it uh, at the beginning of the season when they were struggling to score goals and it was only Kessler, Cogliano, and Silverberg's line getting it done that everybody's going to need to chip in. And I think it's it's extremely important that you know Eves, Raquel, and Getzlaff have solidified themselves as, as one of our top lines. Obviously, Kessler's line, uh, Perry, Richie, and, and Vermette, obviously it's going to have to change a bit for the first game with, with Richie suspended. But I think being able to have those four lines that are pretty much going to be the same every night is, has really, really helped the Ducks uh, get back to scoring uh, uh, at a decent pace compared to their earlier on in the season.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, the scoring has been huge for the Ducks down the stretch, and we talked about that. We'll talk about it more when we preview the uh, the series against the Flames. The um, the other thing you mentioned in there, the other part of the this game, the uh, the Ritchie incident, that was uh, the big story, uh, upset a lot of you out there, uh, rightfully so. Uh, if you remember in the game, Roosevelt cross checked uh, Corey Perry. He went down to the ice. Uh, Perry even got hit with a stick in the face while he was on the ice, and then Ritchie turned and went after Roosevelt. And dropped his gloves, punched him. It looks like he punched him in the side of the face, maybe the side of the jaw. I don't know. But Roosevelt went down like a sack of potatoes and and laid there for like 10 hours, you know, trying to get a job in Hollywood, I guess. But, um, you know, he went down and Richie ended up getting booted. He got the the five-minute major, the match penalty. He was out. And then, of course, the league reviewed it, and then the suspension came down as two games. And, uh, you know, I wrote an article over on Cali Sports News about this, and I understand the league suspending Richie. I I know some of you are upset about that. I'm not that upset about that part, Eddie. I just don't like the fact that when we've seen other incidents in the league – Like the one that was just the week before, uh, and it was only a a one-game suspension, and then Richie got two, it just seems a little frustrating to me because it's a little bit inconsistent. So that's the part I didn't like about the, uh, the NHL reviewing it.
1: Yeah, I think that's what I was, you know, a little bit disappointed with too. Is is it? It's almost more than two games because you're you're uh, missing a, a playoff game, and and we hear that a lot. I mean, when you miss a playoff game, it only almost counts for for two or three regular season games. So I think that's where it was a little bit disappointing. I think they could have just spent it for the last game before the playoffs. Uh, I, I think where where it comes in, and something I actually didn't know at the time, I saw the other day was there was apparently an article that came out and said that you know Roosevelt actually. Had some small facial fractures and he might need surgery to repair them. So I, I I guess if they knew that information at the time, it makes a little bit more sense and why he received the the extra game, the playoff game there. But you, you're right, it, it is inconsistent. We saw a similar play a couple weeks ago that only got one game. Uh, Richie's, you know, uh, I mean he plays on the edge, but it's not like he he's he goes over the edge too often. So for for him to get two you you're right it it is a little bit inconsistent uh by the department of player safety
0: yeah that was that was the thing i just didn't like i mean is is the two game suspension because you saw it was the uh, sharks uh michael haley he received one game and he punched uh predators forward uh um in the face same thing i mean it wasn't really a big deal i mean i know it's still the sucker punch type thing and all that stuff but he got one game and then Richie gets two. And so that's just kind of the issue there. And like you said, I, I get it. Um, Roosevelt, uh, if he had you know fractures in his face and stitches and all these other things, I, I totally get that part. I'm not saying that Richie shouldn't have been suspended. I'm not saying he shouldn't have got any penalties or anything. I just don't think if you're going to call it one game here and then two there. So that that was my issue. And then like you said, it it's not even two regular season games. So he's going to be out this first game. Uh, You know, obviously he was out the game against the Kings, and now he's going to be out this game uh, against Calgary. But with that, the Ducks then went into the last game of the regular season against the Kings, and everything was up for grabs still, Eddie, in this one, because Edmonton played Vancouver back-to-back, and and the Canucks are basically worthless. Um, Edmonton beat them in both those games. So the Ducks had to at least earn a point against the Kings to win this last one, Uh, or i'm sorry to win the division they at least needed a point and they were able to do that it's kind of a wild game um the ducks you know went back and forth the kings each team scoring a goal in each period the game going to a 3-3 tie uh and overtime uh theodore being the hero getting the game winning goal pretty exciting game a little bit of controversy in this one too but uh the ducks ended up winning this one eddie and they take home their fifth pacific division title
1: yeah, and you're right. It was kind of all over the place. Obviously, Eve scoring very early on in the first period, and then and then you go through the, the second, and the third. They're trading off goals, and Thompson getting the the tire just over the the halfway mark through the third period. And you know, going in going to overtime, we'd already known we just needed a point. So being able to hold out and get that point and clinch the Pacific Division was well, was great, but. For for Theodore to actually finally get us a an overtime win and and you know to to end the season on a high note and, and with a win especially against the Kings is great so I think it was a good effort from them. Again, we we had the young guys on defense step up. Montour had a great assist uh, to to get Nate Thompson his first goal of the season to tie the game, and then obviously Theodore in overtime to get the winner. So, if the Ducks are going to go far in the playoffs uh, early on without Fowler, the, those two are going to have to step up, and, and they really really stepped up in that last game. They they uh, Montour played over twenty minutes, and then Theodore was just under. So, <clears throat> if they're if we're going to go far in the first round and and against Calgary, and even into the second, if Fowler's not ready. They're going to have to step up and keep playing like they have.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's the way it's going to have to be done, scoring all the way around, all the defensive players, especially the younger guys coming in as well and helping uh, offensively in this game too. So this was a good game. I mean, it had a little bit of controversy too. They had a, a goal that it looked like the Ducks scored, um, looked like quick reach back and grabbed it. Uh, it was another one of those plays, and I hate to say it because we – The Ducks just usually get screwed in these calls, at him. we didn't get a goal in this one. I mean, obviously, they still won, and everything was fine in the end. But I think this kind of goes back to uh, just the way the league reviews the plays. You and I talked about this. The call on the ice originally was no goal. And then when you see the replays, it looks like it could have been. But it's all about whether or not it's conclusive. And since it wasn't, that's why um you know they ruled the way they did i mean i know we we don't like a lot of these calls because they seem to go against us often but they did follow the uh you know the correct procedure for reviewing the play
1: yeah yeah i I think they did Uh, i mean you look at it and it's so close but you can't really tell if if the whole puck's over the line it's one of those situations where the camera that we're seeing isn't the best angle um it's not completely overhead it, it's on a little bit of an angle so it doesn't give you the best view and then you've got the puck also being right over top of, of quick's glove so it's it's very difficult to see if it's past the line or not um you know it, it looked like it was close even from on uh, from the watching on tv you couldn't really tell um if it had crossed 100 percent i think that's why they probably Went with uh, the call on the ice. I mean that—that's the rule. If it's not conclusive, it was call on the ice. Obviously, didn't end up hurting the Ducks in this one, uh, but yeah, and once they're close like that, especially in the, in a game that meant so much for them to to go out and win the the Pacific Division, um, it, it was an important call that could have that could have hurt them in the end.
0: Yeah, I mean the way that the game was going at that time, I mean obviously you didn't know, you know, it's a close game, one goal game, tie game, you know, pretty much the whole way through. So it was it was a huge play, but. Um, you know, it, it's just the way that the league does it. I mean, if it was called a goal originally, then it might have been a goal. So, I mean, it's just really it's it comes down to the initial call. Um, The other the other thing that happened in this game, we had a couple scares in this game, is uh, Kessler went to the locker room but then came back. He uh, looked like he was injured, but he was fine. And then uh, Patrick Eves got cross-checked, and there was a lot of concern about him in the last uh, couple days. And as far as we know, he's good to go for game one in the series and obviously Kessler looks like he's good to go uh also Holzer came back after this game uh from Germany so he's available for game one not sure if he'll be in but looks like the Ducks have everybody uh ready to go even Stoner was at at practice too I don't know if he'll be in officially but it sounds like he's available so going into game one it looks like the Ducks will be with everybody Eddie except for obviously Richie and Fowler
1: yeah, and I, and I think that's good. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of scare at the end of the season. There were some guys going down uh, the last few games. It seemed like everybody was going down and going to the locker room for a bit. Um, you know, obviously it's it's not lucky that Fowler um, is hurt. He's been our, one of our best defensemen, if not our best defenseman all season. And, and for him to be hurt for, for most likely the whole first round and possibly into the second if the Ducks get past the Flames, uh, I mean, it, it's disappointing. But Richie will be back after the first game, and then you've got a, a pretty much full team health wise so it'll be good and and with Theodore and montour stepping up i, I think that's going to fill the hole for now the way they've been playing the, the last few games. Theodore's looked really really good since coming up from the Gulls, uh and, and I, I think they'll be able to do it and obviously eve i think that was that was very important that he was able to go tonight and and be a hundred percent healthy um you know i think even if he was if he was borderline you 'd still probably see him in there tonight um we saw yesterday uh, Eric Carlson came back for for the sends and, and he was clearly not 100% but he was he was in that game to, to give him a chance to win so i think uh, even if he's isn't 100% tonight he's he's most likely going to be in the lineup
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, he's going to have to be in this one. And we'll talk about it in just a minute. Uh, one other little side note after this game against the Kings, Eddie, is obviously they're out of the playoffs, which I know everybody is so upset about. But the other part is they really went kind of crazy after this loss. I They fired uh, Sutter. They got rid of Lombardi. Uh, it's kind of crazy scene. I mean, you have these guys that you know built this team. You know, to be a contender since 2011, they won two Stanley Cups. And <laughs> I don't know, what did you think? Were you, were you surprised that they got rid of uh, as many uh, you know of them as they did in the beginning here? Or do you think maybe they should have kept Lombardi or Sutter? Or What are your thoughts on them making this shakeup?
1: Yeah, I think initially I was surprised they got rid of Lombardi as well. I, I think there was a lot of rumors going around that they would get rid of Sutter. And, and as, as great of a coach as he is, and, and I know there's not a lot – of uh, options out there right now, um, I think the Kings did it because they want to go in a new direction. They've played this controlling possession defensive style for as long as Sutter's really been there, and Lombardi's built the team to play like that, um, and it just doesn't work for them anymore. they You know, they they struggle to score goals. They've missed the playoffs, I believe, the last three seasons in a row. Um, no, the, of course you have to look at the success that they had before that, and and, and say hey, it's got to be difficult to be, to go out and fire a guy like that who who's brought this team so much success over the last few years. But uh, I mean, if they're going in a new direction, and it, it, when you look at it in hindsight, it, it's not surprising. Uh, I mean, you're looking, you're getting rid of the guy who coaches this style, plus the guy who built this team to play that style, and you're going to bring in new guys. Obviously, Rob Blake's the general manager now and the vice president, Luke Robitaille, is the president, and then they're going to uh, look to hire a coach that can take this team in a new direction. And, you know, I think that's what they need right now. Uh, they, they still have a quality team. You know, they've got Drew Doughty, they've got Kopitar, Carter, Toffoli, Pearson, and younger guys. So I think they just need to get this team going in a different direction if they want to make the playoffs again.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I I was surprised, like, you were, too, in the beginning that they moved as many, you know, as they did, like Lombardi, Sutter, the assistant coach, all that. I I thought maybe Sutter would be the one that would go and they would keep Lombardi. So, um, it'll be interesting, you know. As you mentioned, uh, Robitaille is going to take over. Um, Blake, as well, see what they do. You know, maybe they should get uh, Wayne in there. I don't know. <laughs> but, um enough of that we don't need to talk about them anymore because we know that they're out of it so with that we got some fan questions a lot of questions about uh the ducks in calgary and we're just going to pretty much go into it um you know some people are asking you know how's the ducks uh gonna do uh george asked about like the record obviously the ducks have beaten the uh calgary 25 times at home during the regular season uh since uh, 2004 um, so, will they be able to carry that over? And I, I think they will. I, I, I We're going to go into a little bit of detail about, you know, break it down, offense, defense, and goaltending here. But on a general census, I, I think the Ducks should be able to come out in this one, Eddie. I think, you know, the last time they beat them in five games, and, and that's what I predicted in the NHL Bracket Challenge. Uh, I know a lot of you signed up on it, and there's some difficulty on the NHL website, but um, thanks to those that did sign up, like I said, the winner on there will get a, a free customized jersey. So that we're looking forward to that. But as far as this series, uh, that's the way I look at it, Eddie. I, I think the Ducks can win this one in five.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. And if you look at the regular season series, the Ducks did win four of five games. They, the only one they lost was that 8-3 loss to Calgary in uh, December. But, uh, yeah, I, I think... They have to be favored in this one. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the media coverage up here uh, is favoring Calgary, but you know they're, they're the Canadian team, so a lot of people are going to be favoring them. But I, I think the Ducks have what it takes. You know, barring the, the last game of the season, that they're actually relatively calm affairs. Uh, obviously, the last game had over a hundred penalty minutes in that one, um, so I, I, I think they, the Ducks, have the depth across their whole lineup to 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 win this pretty early. I think they've got. Uh, solid goaltending. I mean, the Flames do as well, but I think John Gibson is just a little bit more consistent this season. We know what he's going to do on a night-in, night-out basis, so I think the Ducks should win this one. Uh, I mean, in my bracket, I said five games. I would be fine with four, just as long as they move on to the second round.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, You know, if they do it in four, great, Uh, especially with, you know, we're trying to get you know Fowler back obviously uh, Richie's going to miss that one game uh you know Eve it sounds like he's 100% I mean we don't always know especially during playoff time injury news is very very tight lipped I mean obviously that's just the way every team does it but um it's going to be interesting uh we have Brian ask a question you know kind of goes into the 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 weaknesses and the strengths of the team and you know the Ducks have had a good record just like you mentioned during the regular season how is that going to translate well we can kind of break this down we kind of go with the offense first and the way that it goes it's very very even eddie i mean if you look at the goals per game for each team the ducks are uh, 2.68 and calgary's 2.71 so almost dead even 18th and 16th uh you know respectively in the league um even the goal differential is very close uh you know it's almost even for both i mean the ducks are uh, uh 0.28 on the positive and calgary's a 0.04 which is almost dead even so it's close. The points, too, uh, you know, 11 points separate these teams. It's not a whole lot, but uh, when it comes down to the offense, I think the biggest thing, really, uh, when you look at these rosters, too, is it's going to be uh, Patrick Eaves in there. I mean, I know he's got 30-plus goals. Obviously, they all weren't with the Ducks, but I think you have him and Raquel uh, going against Calgary, and nobody on Calgary has over 30 goals.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's where they get the advantage. I, I mean, I, these teams are, are both pretty deep on, on forward, the uh, the spread of points are, are very similar they've got uh, one guy who's who's leading the pack obviously Gets left for the Ducks good for the Flames and then from there it, it just kind of muddles together you've got the Flames they have got Monahan Backlin uh, Kachuk Frolik Versteeg who've all been uh, quality top six forward for them, and then we've got obviously Kessler, Perry, Raquel, Eve, Silverberg, uh, and Cogliano on our side, so I think they're pretty similar in that aspect, but like you said, when it comes to the guys who can put the back of the, uh, the puck in the back of the net on a regular basis, we've got two guys who've scored over 30 goals this year, obviously, an Eve and Raquel, and a guy who normally sh- could score over 30 goals, and Corey Perry, who hopefully could get hot at any time, and then you've got possibly three guys there uh, that can make a difference, so I think that's where we have the edge, you look at the Flames, the only guy who's actually even over 25 is Mana, and he has 27 goals, and then their offense is spread out uh, across the rest of their team, they've got uh, about about 12-13 guys here who have over 10 goals, which is where they have a little bit of advantage over the Ducks so if our guys can keep going, if if Eves and and Raquel and Perry can get going I think that's definitely where the, the advantage lies for the Ducks
0: yeah, I agree. I think the Ducks have more, you know, higher scoring overall. And, you know, the way that everyone else has been playing, I mean, you've seen other people chipping in. Like we said, you know, Theodore got that goal in the last one. We've seen uh, Wagner starting to get some goals. He's got six now, which I know it's not a lot. But, you know, you've got these guys that are on the fourth line, too, that uh, especially in this first game with Richie out, you know, Richie's got 14 goals on the season, so it's nothing to, you know, sniff at. So uh, that's going to have to help out, too. Lindholm's got six. Uh, you know, Manson's been scoring too. I mean, uh, amongst other things like, uh, punching out, uh, players, <laughs> but you've got a kind of a balanced attack. So I, I give the offense to the ducks in this, uh, series, Eddie, um, I, not a huge advantage because we've seen these games where Calgary can go off and score five, six goals or, or, you know, even the one that the ducks lost where they, they gave up eight. I mean, granted, Burnie had a really terrible game, probably his worst game of the season, which I don't think we'll see that, um, you know, tonight or in the series, but uh, I give the edge to the Ducks on offense. Uh, and then now if you look at the defensive side, uh, this is where I think the Ducks have a good chance, Eddie. Uh, well, it's going to be tough because Fowler is out. That that does change a little bit as far as the numbers here. But, um, you know, the Ducks' goals against per game is uh, 2.40, which is third in the league. And then uh, Calgary's is 2.67, which is 14th. Um. again, you know, this is the whole season, Fowler ended the whole time. So th- that is going to be, I think, something to watch here is the Calgary offense against the Ducks' defense uh, and the Ducks without Fowler. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, we've kind of alluded to it before. You're going to have to lean on Montour, Theodore, um, and maybe Holzer or even Stoner, too, as well in this. So that's probably a, a big key uh, in this matchup in the series.
1: Yeah, and I think it's important, too. Obviously, the penalty kill is up there in being for the defense and being one of the best in the league at 84.7% on the season. And Another good thing for the Ducks, too, is they limit a lot of chances for the other team. Their opponent team shooting percentage is only 8.1%, and that is a whole percent lower than Calgary's team shooting percentage, and I think that's key for the Ducks is if you look at Calgary on the other side they uh limit their team to 9.3 shooting percentage which is actually higher than the Ducks team shooting percentage so I think uh right there is a big advantage for the Ducks obviously you got to look at um Fowler being out of the lineup it, it going to hurt that but with with the way Theodore and, and Montour have played at the end of the season I think they can come in and step in to play well for the Ducks and um yeah I, I mean it you look at the the two lineups. Um, I think the top fours are, are some of the best in the the Western Conference. side with the Ducks with no foul, You've still got Lindholm, Vatn, and got Theodore, Montour, Manson in there. And you look on the Calgary side. You've got Giordano, Hamilton, and Brody as their top three guys. And, and I think they're they're pretty even. Um, I think on the defensive side of it, um, you have to give the advantage to the Ducks. Um, but when you look at offense coming from from defensemen. Um, you know Calgary's in the top five in the league in, in that category, so um, they're going to get it up into the rush, but the, they leave a lot of chances on the on the other end. So I, I think you you know when you look at the defensive side of it, I think you got to give the advantage to the Ducks as well.
0: Yeah, and if you look at the specialty teams too, I I mean this kind of goes towards the Ducks too uh, on the defensive part. Ah, uh, the Ducks are eighty four point seven percent, you know, efficient in killing off penalties, and then Calgary's eighty one point six. So slight advantage for the Ducks there on the penalty kill. Again, like we said, Fowler is going to be out, so that's going to kind of change some of the things. And then if you look at the power play, uh, the advantage actually goes to Calgary in this one. They're they're at just over twenty percent. They're at twenty point two, and then the Ducks are at eighteen point seven. So, uh, you know, if you're looking at special teams play, you know, I kind of. This one's tough. I kind of give a little bit of an edge to Calgary in this one, Eddie, just because the Ducks have kind of been slumping on the power play. I mean, I know they did better in the last couple games uh, at the the end of the season, but that's one thing. Um, The Ducks going against Calgary's power play, no Fowler, they're over 20%. That's something else I think that is going to be a key in this series, too.
1: Yeah, and the Flames power play finished uh, finished hot to to finish the season there as well. So it's gonna be important that the that the Ducks penalty kill stays uh, like it has been all season, and the fourth best in the NHL. So they're gonna have to to play re- very well in any situations, limit the amount of penalties they take because this Calgary power play it's gonna hurt you, especially like I said before when you have guys like Hamilton, Giordano, and Brody on the power play, and uh, you know this is the the fifth best team in getting points from defensemen in the NHL. So that's something that they're going to have to watch for. It's definitely going to be a key to this series. The Ducks penalty kill is going to have to stay hot.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's going to be, like we said, that's going to be another uh, thing to look at. It's going to be the you know defense on uh, even strength and the defense on the uh, specialty teams play. So those are some keys here that uh, you know we look at. Uh, and like we said, I know we harp on it, but Fowler being out is going to affect some of that. Though you know you have Theodore and Montour to step in there. Uh, you know, and they've been playing great as well. So, the, uh, the other area to look at, too, Eddie, I mean, we don't know who is going to start for sure in this series. I mean, we have a good idea that it's going to be Gibson, but I mean, Carlisle is like beyond tight lipped about the starter. But you know, looking at the goalie stats uh, combined uh, for both teams, it's pretty even. Um, the Ducks overall save percentage is, is uh, 9.19, uh, Calgary's is 9.07. Uh, we talked about the goals against, you know, obviously it goes in favor of the Ducks. Um, for the, for, with the goalies on ice, it's actually 2.37, and then for Calgary, 2.64. So you got some of that going on there. Uh, the Ducks have more shutouts. They've had eight this season. Calgary's gotten five. So those are some things to look out uh, for. I, I still give the Ducks an edge, though, even though a lot of these numbers are similar. Uh, if Gibson does go in and play I, and and Elliott goes uh, for Calgary, I think Elliott, sometimes can get shaky uh if he is going to play all the series i don't know i mean they may go they may throw uh, chad johnson in there we'll see but um i I think this one goes to the ducks uh not a huge advantage but i definitely think it's an advantage for anaheim
1: yeah i think when you're looking at consistency it has to go with the ducks john gibson has been in the top five close to the top three and goaltenders throughout this whole season even with being injured i mean his numbers put him up there so i think you have to go with the ducks in this one um it might not be as big of an advantage, though, because if, if if Calgary can get the Brian Elliott that St. Louis had last season where Brian Elliott backstopped them to, to the Western Conference Final, then I think you know it's going to be a little bit tighter series than, than we're talking about here because at times Brian Elliott can be uh, an outstanding goaltender. But I think when you look at the consistency and the fact that we're debating, we don't know which Brian Elliott is going to show up for you the Calgary it. Flames. I mean, is it going to be... Early regular season, Brian Elliott for the Flames, or is it going to be after the Christmas break, Brian Elliott, where they won ten games in a row or or something like that? Brian Elliott won ten games in a row over that stretch. You know, you don't know which one you're going to get. At least with John Gibson for the Ducks, they know they're going to get consistent play, no matter what. And you know, maybe we'll have one bad night, but we'll come back and and play a strong game the next. So I, I think you know the Ducks definitely get a get a slight edge in this one. And then you also look at if John Gibson for some reason can't go. You compare the two backups, and Bernie has been great this season, and he has a slight edge over Chad Johnson as well. So I think, yeah, the the, the advantage here definitely goes to the Ducks.
0: Yeah, so I mean, basically, you look at this whole uh, series, we're pretty much saying it's it's advantage Ducks, you know, overall, uh, like we said, especially teams. So one thing we do kind of uh, give towards Calgary, um, you know, and then obviously, uh, you know, even strength uh, as well, their offense against the Ducks defense is going to be a huge thing to see, too, because like we said, we've seen Calgary explode, not just against the Ducks, but you know, they've exploded against other teams as well. So, the Ducks have handled them, as we talked about. They've won four out of five so during the regular season. So, and that's what we're predicting for this matchup. I think the one other thing to talk about, Eddie, is um, keeping emotions in check for this series because, obviously, with Jared uh, Donald taking out Fowler, uh, there was already a war of words. If you didn't hear, uh, you, you know, the GMs were going at it before uh, this series because uh, Murray was upset. Uh, about that play, calling it intentional. And, and of course, Calgary's saying it's not, which we all know that that's what the argument is. You know, that part, I, I don't know. That play, it's kind of weird. I think there's almost two levels of intent on that play, uh, Eddie. I think uh, one is there's the intent to check him and take him out, which the intent is completely there. His knee is bent, he's taking a huge stride towards Fowler. After he shot the puck or during and then hits him after so the intent to make the check and hit him is absolutely there And if anybody says no, then (laughs) go back and watch the play Now the question that comes is is there the intent to injure and I think that's what people are, Are forgetting is there you know, just because you go to check somebody Doesn't mean you're always intending to injure them. I mean obviously do the two go together a lot of course they do but I think that's kind of the issue here, and I think that's why that war of words kind of started with the GMs. But I think it's going to be important that the Ducks don't just go after Jared Donnell and try and knock him out. The Ducks just got to play their game. They got to win. Don't get into penalty trouble because, as we talked about, that's Calgary's strength in this series.
1: Yeah, and discipline is going to be key for the Ducks in this one. I mean, staying out of the penalty box, because we talked about how deadly the Flames' power play can be as of late, it's going to be important, and I think they'll do it. I mean, they understand that, the importance of these games. There's obviously a lot of guys who can get under your skin on both teams. you got Kachuk, Furland, uh, Boma, uh, Bennett on the Flames, obviously Kessler, Perry, BX, uh, Richie, when he's in the lineup, uh, and Manson for for the Ducks. So there's a lot of potential for, for things to spark in, in, in the first few games here, especially, like you said, with the whole Giordano and Fowler situation. But I think... I think they worked it out in in the final game there. I, I mean, you never know. It's still going to be a crazy series because of that. But um, you know, I think the Ducks will come in and play disciplined. I, I think they understand the the whole scope of the situation and the fact that I mean, you take a penalty in the playoffs and against a team who has a hot power play, you know that that could come back to bite you in, in game one. So I, I think that's going to be important for them to come into the game and and, and play disciplined from the start.
0: I agree. And uh, I think that's pretty much going to sum up how the series is going to go. And we kind of went over you know, all the pluses and the minuses. We have our prediction. We think the Ducks will do it in five. Like we said, playing discipline, staying out of the penalty box, uh, balanced scoring, and everything should take care of itself. Um, now, we do have a fan question if, you know, the Ducks do uh, get knocked out either here or later on, what's going to happen? And <laughs> we, you know, we saw this last year, we went against Nashville and, um, and we've seen this, uh, you know, against Detroit a few years ago. And then obviously some of the other series too, I don't want to bring up any bad memories, but the question is asked, you know, if the Ducks don't get to the Stanley cup final, if they, if they don't get to the Western conference final, if they, you know, get knocked out, um, you know, what's going to happen is, is it going to be like a King situation? Um, You know, I don't know. I I don't know if they would go get rid of uh, Murray. I don't know if they would um, get rid of uh, Carlisle after just bringing him in. I I think, um, yeah, the Ducks have won the Pacific Division five times in a row. So you can't, it's not like they've played poorly. It's just for whatever reason, they haven't gotten over the hump in the playoffs, Eddie. So, I mean, I don't, I really hope they don't go out in the first round. I hope that they, you know, would go at least to the Stanley Cup final with the way that they're playing now. They can do it, um, but if they gets to that point and they go out in the first or second round, uh, I don't think there would be a shakeup. I I mean, I wouldn't do it, but I don't know. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I highly doubt. It, it falls on Murray. I, I think the acquisitions that he's made, especially Patrick Eves, have actually helped this team. And, and I think with the expansion drive with all the issues going on on this season, it was, it was extremely difficult for him to make a move to make this team any better than it can be right now. So I, I don't think if anything falls on him. I mean, if they lose in the first round, um, it, it's maybe they fire Carlisle. I just I just don't see it happening one season after he was hired. But you never know. You look at I mean, look at the guys that have been fired this season. Vancouver fired Willie Desjardins. Uh, you had a Dallas fired Lind- Lindy Ruff, obviously, the Kings. Um, I-, I mean, it- it's crazy. You never know. Um, I think it. It's more likely that earlier they get knocked out, the, the, obviously the more likely a coach gets fired. So if they get knocked out against Calgary, then it's obviously going to be more likely. But I think if they make it to at least the second round, uh, I'm sure there's a little bit of leeway there, and I don't think we see any drastic changes other than the trades we already expected to happen in the off season. other than that.
0: You know, and, and talking about the playoffs, so we can talk about you know talk about the other games that are going on stuff. You know, it already did start. Obviously, the Ducks didn't go on the first day; they're starting on the second day of the playoffs. But if you look in the West, uh, you look in the Pacific, uh, you've got Edmonton and San Jose uh, battling it out. Um, you know, San Jose actually uh, pulled out the win in, in the first game on the road in Edmonton, where they're all wearing orange all over the place. Um, so in this series, um, it's going to be interesting. I I kind of, I was thinking Edmonton would maybe pull this one out, Eddie. I mean, you know, with Connor McDavid, the team getting to the playoffs for the first time in forever. Um, even though San Jose won the first one, um, I, I kind of lean towards Edmonton. But I, I think this is going to be a great series. I think it's going to go at least uh, six games in this one.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I was surprised how, you know, how San Jose came out to play last night. I, I mean, they dominated through a lot of the game there. They they outshot Calgary 44-19. to 19. Um, I, I think they deserve to win that game in overtime, um, and I was a little bit surprised. I, I mean, I thought Edmonton would come out and be the quicker team, you know, playing on in the playoffs on home ice for the first time in eleven years. Um, you know, they they did come out, they did come out quick and and, and get a two nothing lead in the first period, but from from there, you know, San Jose took over, and I, I think like you said, it's gonna it's gonna be a close series. Um, I I had Edmonton pulling it out, um, but if if the Sharks do end up winning the series, I, I don't think anybody'd be surprised. I, I think. The, the Oilers are a young team, and and yes, they have, uh, you know, arguably the best player in the NHL in Connor McDavid. But this is a lot of them. For, for a lot of them, this is their first NHL playoffs, and for a goaltender as well, uh, this is his first time backstopping a team in, into the playoffs. So it's going to be tough for them, I think, uh, to to you know get all the nerves out of the way, and and come against a team who for the last few seasons has been pretty dominant.
0: Yeah, I agree. You've got the, you know, basically young upstart Oilers now against, you know, the Sharks who, you know, I almost won it. I mean, they went really far last year. Uh, And they've been, like you said, they've been in the playoffs before. They've gotten guys on there, you know, uh, Thornton, Marlowe, etc. that they've, you know, played in several playoff games. So it's definitely experience against youth in this one. Um, I think uh, as far as Ducks fans go, uh, it's kind of a toss-up. I mean, I don't really, I don't know. I mean, you kind of, You know, if the Sharks win, then you want to knock them out in the playoffs. But uh, if it's Edmonton, Edmonton's a good team too. You know, I don't like to play the, I want to play this team because we've done that before. We did that last year and it didn't, you know, pan out against Nashville. So, I guess I just hope that they both beat each other up, Eddie, and go six or seven games.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, to, to me, it, it doesn't really matter. I think it's going to be a tough matchup no matter who you play against. You're either playing against the speedy Oilers and, and having to stop Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, or you're playing against the Sharks and you've got to stop Brent Burns and the million shots from the point that they take and the high tips <laughs> that, uh, in that in that game. So it, they're, they're both going to be difficult matchups if the Ducks end up moving on and playing. Either the Oilers or the Sharks in, in the second round. So yeah, I'm, I'm not going to pick who I'd rather see win. I think it's going to be a, a tough series. It's probably going to go six or seven, and and hopefully by the time that that we 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 play them, they they've beat each other up. So <laughs>
0: exactly. Uh, you go over to the other uh, bracket, the uh, for the Western Conference. You've got Chicago against Nashville. Um, that one's going to get underway here soon. Uh, you got Minnesota against St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis won the first game. Uh, looking in these two series, I, I obviously I'm going to favor Chicago in the one against Nashville. I'm not saying that they're going to roll over them because we saw how you know uh, dangerous Nashville was last year. But I think Chicago will pull out this series just because of how hot that they have been. Um, and they're just getting scoring from everywhere. That's just been the way that they've been playing. Um, it's going to be, uh, I think, a, a good series. But I, I edge them out in this one. And then with Minnesota and St. Louis, this one is a little bit tougher, Eddie. Uh, I know St. Louis won the first game. I, I had Minnesota edging this one out. But, again, this is Bruce Brujo with this team. So if it goes seven games, look out. You know, I know all the Minnesota fans were you know, so happy about how Minnesota's done. But I'm just saying, if it goes seven games, then I'm going to give St. Louis the edge in this one.
1: Yeah, and for that first one, I think that's one of the most intriguing matchups to me is, is Chicago versus Nashville. I, I honestly think Nashville... <laughs> Um, is a dark horse to, to move pretty far in, in the Western Conference. I mean, a lot of people picked them to to be that type of team in the playoffs this year. And I think there's a good reason for it. I, a lot of you know at the beginning of the season they were banked as being one of the best teams, if not the best team in the Western Conference. And obviously, for a lot of reasons, they struggled this season and they scraped in and got the the second wild card spot, but. I think it's a tough matchup for for Chicago, and we saw it last year. If, Re- if Renee plays like he did against the Ducks in the first round last year against the Blackhawks this year, that's going to be a tough matchup for them. And you know, uh, it's hard to say they could win the goaltending battle, but you know, C- Corey Crawford has been has been good this season, but not great. And and Scott Darling's been a big surprise for them. Obviously, you know you, they would have to go with Corey Crawford in Game One, you would think, but you know, obviously. Chicago's a favorite you've got the core you've got taves, you've got Kane, obviously Panera now keith Seabrook you've got that core that's still there, but I think from there they've got a lot of scoring from rookies this season. They've got Nick Schmaltz, they've got Hartman, you know they've got a lot of guys in the, in that lineup that are young guys and i I think that might come actually to hurt them in this first round. I picked Chicago in seven, but if nashville you know if Nashville can pull it out I, I think there's a possibility there. And then you look at, like you said, the, the St. Louis series. The game last night was great. I, I watched that game. Jake Allen pretty much won that game for the Blues. He had 51 saves uh, in that game, uh, and they won it in overtime. But, yeah, that's going to be a tough one, and that's going to be a hard-fought series, a crazy atmosphere in, in Minnesota. And, you know, for St. Louis to pull that first game, if Jake Allen can play like that all playoffs, I, I think they have a chance. I had them going to the Western Conference final against the Ducks. So if if he can play like that all uh playoffs they're going to be a tough team to beat
0: yeah i agree i think that's like you said that's going to be another fun series the minnesota st louis and and uh i mean obviously ours but of course minnesota st louis and edmonton and san jose are definitely ones that i would be watching i caught a little bit of the edmonton game last night so that one was was crazy too especially these overtime games i mean who doesn't like playoff hockey but then when you go to overtime and everything's on the line it's just huge um, and then you know we go over to the Eastern Conference. Uh, almost everybody was in action in the, in that first day. Um, we look at uh, the Metropolitan first. Um, you have the Capitals against the Leafs. They didn't play yet, and then you had Pittsburgh doing Pittsburgh things and and, and beating up on uh, Columbus in that game, winning in regulation. So. Um, and these two, I picked. Um, I kind of picked the obvious ones. I picked uh, the Capitals, and I picked Pittsburgh. Some of you know that's my second favorite team. Don't don't get mad, but that's my second favorite <laughs> team. <laughs> uh, some people hate on me because of that, but anyways, so I'm going. Uh, I'm going Washington, and I'm going Pittsburgh in these two series. Eddie, I think uh, you know Toronto. Toronto's kind of like a Nashville type team. I mean, yeah, you've got Anderson over there in net. Um, they haven't been, you know, a, a playoff type team for a while. They they could maybe upset some games here against the Capitals, but I, I still think Washington's going to win that series. Um, Pittsburgh, they, they just look like Pittsburgh last season, so I I just I'm not really worried against Columbus. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to beat them in four, but uh, I I think they'll be able to take out Columbus in, in maybe five games.
1: Yeah, I, I think the Washington one is probably one of the easier series to pick. I, I mean, the Leafs, I think there's a chance. There's definitely a chance you've got when you've got guys like Austin Matthews, Nylander, Marner, Van Riemsdyk, guys who can make a difference, and, and you know for, for the three rookies, they all had over 60 points for them this season. So it's a great season for the Leafs rookies, but again, they're rookies, and you're going against the best team in the NHL. That and they've been there pretty much all season. They won the President's Trophy. They've got. a the, one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. They've got one of the best scorers in the NHL, and then the, probably the deepest defense core in the NHL as well. So you have to pick them. I picked the Capitals. I, I think it'd be a big surprise if the Leafs could upset them. Um, and then you look at the the next series. I actually picked uh, Columbus. I, I, you know, Latang's out for for the foreseeable future for for Pittsburgh. That leaves their defense really down to to Justin Schultz and a lot of the rookies that they have in their lineup, and then Matt Murray went down in in the first period uh in that game, I was feeling pretty good about myself when Pittsburgh came out and and dominated <laughs> that game for for pretty much uh everything after the first period. Columbus played a great first period, but you know the, this is the team that won the Stanley Cup and they showed why in this game but i think I think it's gonna be a hard fought series you know uh Dubinsky usually plays. Crosby pretty hard in, in, in these series, and you know Crosby's been amazing, but it, it's going to be tough for him to get a lot of space. And, and Bobrovsky to me is is should win the Vesna this year. He's been unbelievable for them. He's been the reason, one of the reasons that the Blackhawks are so good, along with their depth and, and, and on defense and on forward. So I think it's going to be a hard fought series, six or seven games. And you know, if I mean a lot of people are picking the Penguins, and I think it's for a good reason. I mean they won the Cup last year. Yeah, I don't think it'd be a surprise if they moved on in, into the second round.
0: And uh with that we have got the last uh, couple of matchups here we got Montreal and New York uh Ottawa and Boston um I and these ones are kind of tough for me. I think these ones are a little bit maybe closer, but I mean New York actually you know beat Montreal uh in this first uh, game, which I mean it's not a surprise we know the Rangers uh being in in that uh metro, crazy metropolitan division they're not i mean they're they're kind of a higher seed really than they are at a wild card spot so um this one though i think it's pretty it's, it's gonna be tough i think montreal and new york it's gonna go for a while um i think in this one i had it going six or seven games and i i think i picked montreal i can't remember in my bracket i had this one was just a hard one for me to decide on and then uh, with ottawa and boston um it's another tough one Eddie I mean Boston did pull out that first game but this one I think I had the sins and it was either in six or seven as well so this this one I think out of all the the four brackets I don't know I, I just think it, it could go either way for both matchups
1: yeah and the Rangers last night showed why they're one of the best road teams in the NHL with a you know a a very, very well-played road game in Montreal, a very difficult arena to win games in, a 2 nothing win where Lundqvist played uh, amazing in that game, kept them in it, and, and they really closed them out. And, and that's going to be tough. I mean, I mean, the next game is going to be key for Montreal. If they can't win this uh, game to tie it up and they go into MSG down 2 nothing, that's going to be a difficult spot to come back from. Um, but yeah, the important part of that game is you can't go down two goals. I mean, you look at the goalies on, on either end of the ice, you get got... Uh, Carey Price on one end and and Henrik Lundqvist on the other end. And if you go down two goals in one game, it's going to be very difficult to score three goals against the other guy on the other side of the ice. So that's going to be an interesting series to watch. It was a pretty exciting game last night uh, in Montreal. And and then with this last series here in Boston and Ottawa, I think you know how Nashville was the dark horse in the west over there, I think Boston is the the dark horse team in the east. Um, I think they're actually a better team than the Sens, even though the Sens finished higher than them. I, I think they've got you know a great player in in Brad Marchand. Um, you know, obviously he plays on the edge, and, and a lot of people hate him for that. But he's, he's, I mean, he's turned into a great offensive player, and one of the best players in the in the league. And then you look at guys who struggled this season, and Bergeron and Krejci. They are playing better than the, um, than they did earlier on. You've got David Backus, so you've got three great you know centers to to deepen your team, and then a lot of rookies and pa- younger guys in Pasternak, uh, Brandon Carlo on defense. They just got Charlie McAvoy from the NCAA, and then Tuka Rask is, is still one of the best goaltenders in the NHL as well. So I think that they have a chance to go on and, and go pretty far in the playoffs. And, and I actually had them going to the the Eastern Conference Final. I think. Their their uh, their matchups uh, are a little bit easier, and I think it's an easier chip for them to get there.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll just kind of wrap that up. You know, as far as uh, the matchups go, I have in the West, I have Chicago and the Ducks going to the Western Conference Final. Who did you have on your bracket there?
1: I had St. Louis in the Ducks. <laughs>
0: okay. So I know a lot of people are probably going to have, obviously, the Ducks in there, of course. Yeah, um, and picking them to win at all. I'm not saying that I did that. Yes, I did. But, anyways, <laughs> on the East, um, I think I had, on the East, I had, uh, it was Montreal against Washington. But <laughs> we'll see after how that first game went. But that's what I had in the Eastern Conference.
1: I had uh, Boston and Columbus <laughs> it's kind of oh, out nice. there, but yeah, I, I I mean I think Boston, I think they're they're probably the best team out of there. I think they're they're the way they started the season, and they struggled for, but I think they're a very good team. And I I just I didn't want to bet against Popowski. I thought that he'd be able to to take them there. I mean I don't know. I saw it from game one it might be a little bit different, but I think that the, that they could actually make a pretty deep run.
0: Well, yeah, and now I mean, like you know, things happen. Obviously, with Murray getting injured now, you know, I don't know how far Pittsburgh's going to go. So, I mean, it kind of changes my bracket a little. But I still did have Washington going to the uh, the Eastern Conference Final. So, um, with that, it's going to wrap up everything for the uh, the playoffs. Um, we are going to have a watch party. I did want to mention that before we uh, end the show here on the nineteenth at El Ranchito. So, for Game Four on the road, uh, we will have it. Um, same thing. You know, we give away stuff and whatnot. Uh, we'll see if a uh, few will join us again. He usually does almost every time, and he actually announces the giveaways and the prizes and whatnot, which is kind of fun for everybody. And he'll even do his Anaheim Ducks goal call too, and the Ducks score. So it's a lot of fun if you can make it. Um, free giveaways, and uh, we hang out. We have a whole separate room, uh, three flat screens where we watch it, and we've got all the audio and everything. So hopefully, if you can make it out to that, that'd be great. Uh, the rest of you will see it, you know, game one and, and some of these other home games as well. And uh, with that, we'll be back uh, probably in the middle of the series, Eddie, and then we'll wrap it up and see you then.